Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout podcast by star wars fans for star wars fans i am matt starwin and i am ezra skyhopper welcome aboard the outcast this is the place for all star wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far far away all right as which is a more powerful ally the force or the high ground yeah, the question we've been saving, you know? I mean, the question we've been saving, wow. Um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I think there's a lot of evidence to support both sides on this one. I really do. I think if you ask Obi-Wan, in that moment, they both were Force users, correct? <laughs> correct? Yes. They both can use the Force. Uh, maybe Anakin was not a master, all right? And so... As he said, there's things they're not teaching me, <laughs> okay? There's, there's things, he was telling Padme in episode two, they're holding me back. There's things about the Force they're not telling me, Matt, all right? So this must have been one of those things, correct? Is, is, the, is the knowledge to use the higher ground, right? Right, right. It's, it's the one, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very Sith-like. I mean, it's, it's a lot of times you'll hear Dooku... When he's facing, you know, whether it's Asajj Ventress or, you know, uh, when, when they're training, um, did I say uh, Ventress, excuse me, then there's Savage Opress, mm-hmm. excuse me. <laughs> so when he's training his apprentices, you're not giving him everything, right? Um, so, yeah, maybe that was sort of an Obi-Wan saying, I'm not going to teach you everything about the high ground. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, well, Obi-Wan doesn't... Uh, obi-wan underestimates his power okay or does he adequately estimate his power yeah yeah maybe he does (laughs) oh he does yeah i don't know so that one i think is is going to be one of the great debated i think that's we're gonna we're gonna post it on twitter we've been posting a lot of polls on our twitter and you guys have been jumping in there firing away i mean we've just been going nuts and having a ton of fun over there actually we really have we should talk about that i mean uh we're we're kind of ramping up for sort of a a season two coming uh very soon by the way very soon and if you're not over on twitter you won't see any of the hinting or the suggesting that is taking place we're we're updating a few things we've got some fun stuff coming down the line uh and you you got to get on 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 those polls because i think the last one was about starfighters you know it's it's time to go we're in position uh i went with a you know i'm i'm a y-wing guy and and i don't know matt did you did you answer that poll were you uh you have to pick uh, a starfighter. I did. I did. I actually i i chose an X wing, but I wouldn't be. I'd be okay with an A wing too. I think A wings are a little underrated. They are. They actually are. Yeah. It's it's odd. I would go. My order would literally be. I guess I I would be Y wing, A wing, X wing. That's where I'm at. Wow. No one's flying a B wing. What's going on? 
on, you know, like, come on. Are there any B-Wing supporters out there? If so, please go comment on that poll. I mean, I think I'd rather be in a little T-16 before I was in a B-Wing. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're in a Skyhopper, right? Can't even, yeah. Right. Oh, you know, there's a lot of those ships, and I I'm, I don't know them off the top of my head, the, the Clone Wars versions, like, right? There's like the there's like the prequel version of the X-Wing. It's like totally the X-Wing, but it just looks at them. Yeah. You know, some of those ships are pretty cool. Yeah, they are. Yeah, sure. They did. Yeah, we'll have to do. Uh, we'll have to do a prequels, maybe Starfighter, um, poll or something. Because I, I I always think that that transport carrier that they use is is really cool, right? Like the the you know that they they jump. It's like that transports the troops, right? That they're always in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, that that is pretty cool. That's pretty. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Man, I thought you meant. Uh, I thought you meant episode five. The the transport. Uh, First transports away, and I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, not those, not those. I'm talking about the ones they use in the Clone Wars. Like, see, in, the first seat in the Battle of Genosis, yes. right? Where they're yes. all, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Anytime I can think about the Ion Cannon, though, you know, and and them getting mm-hmm. off of Hoth, I just I have to. So it's where I it's where my mind goes. But yeah, I got you 100. percent And and yeah, so make sure you head over there. Uh, you can follow us. It's uh, at hh. L337, L337, and make sure you check that out. We got some cool stuff happening over there. Great updates. And uh, and yeah, so it's it's exciting. So today, a couple things. Uh, we got a big we got a big show uh, for you uh, planned. We've got some transmissions that we have to get to. We've also got to talk about Clone Wars. Um, some news happening here on hyperspace later this week. I believe I'm gonna have a pretty big collaboration. Uh, drop. I, I was able to to go speak with a couple different podcasts: uh, Clashing Sabers, Contingency Plan, Balance of the Force, and Sith Talkers. And uh, it, it was a good time. Guys that I had met, uh, friends I had met back at Celebration. So look forward to that. If, if today's episode's a little bit uh, shorter, we just have that planned, and then we've got a couple more collaborations lined up this coming week. So we're having fun, you know, talking with other Star Wars podcasters and other Star Wars friends. So uh, there's that. Now. Uh, Matt, we also added again while we're here at the beginning of the show. Uh, we're, we're something I want to start incorporating from time to time, maybe on a more regular basis. We shall see. But um, this is just—I love the sounds in in Star Wars. I love the sound effects. I love the sounds of lightsabers, blasters, the the Y wing, the X wing, the whole thing. Right? Okay. I, I've, I've always really enjoyed, it, and I think that's that's what makes Star Wars. It's like a lot of what they did in the originals was they were way ahead on some of these very interesting sounds, having the score, you know, be something that's more uh, of, of an orchestra piece versus electronic synthesized stuff, you know, in, in the right. 70s and 80s. I think it's, it's, it's really cool. So um, here's, the, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to play a sound, and this is going to be kind of our sound of the day, and I want to see if, uh, if folks, you know, can figure out Either name the movie that this is from, or name, I guess, the, um, uh, the the sound effect. The sound effect itself. Yeah. Okay. So so here we go. Here is the here's the first sound. All right. So so there it is. I'm gonna play it one more time so you guys get a good listen on that. And again, you're gonna tweet at us. Just tweet at hhl337. Uh, first person to get it done, you know, give you a special shout out here. But uh, here is the sound. Pretty solid. I actually so absolutely. I don't even actually know what it is, and you told it to me a couple of minutes ago, and I forgot. But. <laughs> I, I I just I don't know. I, to, to me, it's it's such a challenge. To you have no visual. It's it's literally just a sound, and you have to think, where did I hear that before? I've heard that somewhere, you know. And, uh, gosh, people go crazy with this. You know, when the new game comes out, uh, whether it's uh, a Battlefront game or whatever, all of those sound effects that, that, that they use, they're going back and they're trying to make it feel like Star Wars. So you go and you figure out what are the sound effects for lightsabers, for blasters, for speeders taking off, and things like that. So I think each week uh, we're going to try to kind of pull out a sound and challenge you guys a little bit. And you can just kind of tweet at us, let us know what you think the sound effect is and which movie it's from and you can do that on twitter and the first person to do so we will retweet you and give you a special shout out 
So yeah, abs- absolutely. So awesome. All right. Well, uh, as we start off with Clone Wars a little bit, we did a um, man. We did a, again. We've been ramping really ramping stuff up over on the YouTube channel. We did a, there was a trailer for the final four episodes of which we did a reaction. We did a trailer breakdown, um, yep. kind of talking about some of that, and then we also just reviewed uh, on the YouTube as well the most recent episode. But I thought we should talk about it again. So. First and foremost, my kind of quick impressions. Great episode. I love that it started off with like a Lucasfilms production. I almost thought we were going to have a crawl, right? Like we were going to have a have an opening crawl for this. We didn't, but um, I mean, it's just moving along. It was a little bit longer, which was cool. Um, you know, Ahsoka and Anakin get back together. Uh, you know, just for a little bit, we get that kind of uh, moment with them, and then uh, Ahsoka gets some clones so she can go take them to Mandalore, right, with Rex. Uh, we get to Mandalore, some awesome action scenes, right, where uh, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka are about to go try and take the throne room. Ahsoka's, you know, I don't need a jetpack, right? And she's, like, yep. fighting her way down. Um, you know, ultimately ends up Bo-Katan takes the throne room, but Maul captures, I guess, you know, takes out her guards, right? So Ahsoka's there. You, you could say she's she's captured. So that's where well, we kind of leave it um, just as a, as a quick summary, but it's just so much about that episode I thought was great. Um, you know, first of all, that epic moment from Obi-Wan where he kind of comes in and just slashes the thing. <laughs> and they give him like a big kind of cool moment there. Uh, and then Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka talking. And, uh, y- you know, Obi-Wan says Chancellor Palpatine needs, or not just no, we heard we, they're attacking Coruscant. So that kind of, okay, we know right where this is taking place. Okay, this is taking place right at the begin like episode 3 is about to happen. That's how close we are to to episode 3. Yeah, closer than we thought actually. And and that's sort of the big thing is is Palpatine is behind all of this pulling the strings. Um you know, I actually think I just had a thought. I mean, this this happens to me sometimes when we're we're on the podcast and mm-hmm. and, and the force just sends me sort of this uh premonition, vision, whatever. Uh, so remind me to get back to my premonition here just a second. But yeah, this is this is again, uh, old friends not forgotten. And there's so many different tie-ins to we're bringing back the Maul story arc. We're trying to figure out what's happening there. Ahsoka is is back meeting with Anakin, and we're seeing Rex and and these these uh, clone troopers who have all this respect. They do like this paint job uh, on on their helmets. It's it's super cool. But you know, I just started thinking. You said Palpatine is pulling the strings here. And trying to pull, trying to pull the Jedi back, maybe a particular Jedi back to him, okay, and and maybe he's because remember I've I've said before, what is it that Palpatine said to Darth Maul? What is it that maybe Darth Maul's agenda is? You know, right? Things that are keeping Anakin on the light side, Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tana, right, to take her out to remove her, but that kind of worked out anyway with the whole exile her exiling and then uh refusing to come back to the order now very interesting here the mandalorians are showing up asking obi-wan and anakin to come help them and they really thought that obi-wan would be invested in this because of his relationship with satine and her sister bo katan is there asking for her for uh his help and he decides that it's he needs to speak to the council and, and this is not going to work. I almost wonder if this wasn't the, the idea all along to get uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin separated. Because imagine if Anakin just goes back alone to face Dooku. I, I still think he would have beat him. I still think he would have beat him right. without Obi-Wan's help at all. That's fine. I even think... Um, he still kills him. Yeah, I think he still kills him. And I think then there's... Uh, I mean, because you could see Palpatine, when Obi-Wan is unconscious, says, just leave him. There's no time, right? He wants to separate him from his master so he can become his master, right? So if, it, so if Palpatine can use Darth Maul to try and pull Obi-Wan to Mandalore because of his previous connections, because of his sensitivity towards Mandalore and their problems, and because of his prior relationship with Darth Maul, I think that's huge. And I think that's something Absolutely. that I didn't quite get in the first viewing. Um, I did understand that, yeah, okay, Maul is obsessed with killing Obi-Wan. This makes sense. But at the same time, is there more to it? Is he also being nudged in this direction in some way, uh, whether directly or indirectly, by Palpatine to make sure that Obi-Wan is out of the picture so we can corrupt Anakin? I think that's that's very much a possibility. 
Absolutely. You know, and something interesting, uh, I'm trying to f- find it here. Okay. So uh, somebody, uh, a Twitter called All Things Kenobi posted this and they said, um, you know, just seeing how all of these events take place. So Revenge of the Sith is like confirmed. It's a canon, right? That it's roughly, it's like nine to 10 days. So think about all of the events that happen in Revenge of the Sith is like a, it's like a, it's like the span of it's like a two week period. So really, in the grand scheme of things, that's not really that big of a deal. So, um, you know, so uh, day one is uh, the opening scene, right, where Palpatine's there, the Grievous, everything. And it ends with kind of Anakin and Padme talking about, you know, Anakin wakes up from that dream. So that's like that's day one. So day two um, is where it ends with um, Pal- Palpatine and Anakin at the when he start, when he starts to tell him oh you can't learn these things from a Jedi right and Obi Wan and Anakin and Yoda have their kind of conversation about mm-hmm. like oh you know like in that in that room day three ends uh, with Anakin and Obi Wan going in their separate ways right to go, we'll go find Grievous and um, in Anakin doing doing his thing day four is Mace Windu and everyone's showing up yeah. at the Jedi Temple I mean that's how much happen is happening so fast and so I think you're right actually because I totally think that his plan that Palpatine's plan was to pull Obi-Wan away I yeah. mean that's I mean if you just look at where we're at in day four I mean day four is day four is uh I mean is the Jedi Temple I mean the you know day five uh is like Day five is like order 66. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're only days away from order 66. So now um, we, I, I definitely think I didn't, I guess I didn't realize. I always thought revenge of the Sith was a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Um, just, I always thought because Padme tells Anakin, Oh, I'm pregnant. And then she has a baby, you know, like nine days later. So maybe it's, you know, I think, I think actually now you go back and you look at this, this thing. Um, I think it's not that, Oh, she just found out she's pregnant. It's that she's really pregnant and, and she's now just getting the chance to tell Anakin because he's been away for so long. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. It, Cause he's been at war and it's war that's, that separated them. And so, maybe communication has been tough and this is the climax of the war. And this is a point where, um, the Jedi are very occupied, very distracted, not maybe meditating, meditating on the force as much as they should be. And, and yeah, so, I mean, Palpatine's got them right where he wants them. This is actually in this episode, another great thing that happens. Ahsoka kind of points out to Obi-Wan and he just can't see it right now. Uh, and this is again, a fault with all of the Jedi and something Luke Skywalker says later on that the Jedi failed, you know, um, they can't see that they are so attached to the Republic, to the Republic that's being led by a Sith Lord. And again, the same thing, they're fighting this group of separatists that they pretty much know openly that uh, Count Dooku is, uh, you know, one of the Sith Lords that they're, that they're, that they're facing, that he's, that he's, yeah, I don't know. So there's, there's all of that going on and Obi-Wan says to, to Ahsoka something like that she's no longer a part of the Grand Army of the Republic and that he his, his allegiance is again to the the council and then also to the Republic like he he cares I guess here's the other point too he cares more about Palpatine in this episode than I've ever seen Obi-Wan care about Palpatine I was like yeah. why is he so worried he's even reassuring Anakin who doesn't look that worried he's more happy about Ahsoka being here and seems to be more interested in Ahsoka than he is concerned about, you know, Palpatine. So it's interesting that Ahsoka is that close to maybe, you know, using um, or, or, or to keeping him on the light side. You know, had he if he goes with her, this is that pivotal, that pivotal point. It's something, you know, Tom, um, Tom Gross was talking about this. This is like a fulcrum. This is like a pivotal moment where we're going to go one way or the other, or we're going to either keep this together or we're not. And, and he's again, moving towards, um, he's, he's moving towards Palpatine. Why? Because that's the, the dogma of the Jedi. Like they're so, uh, just, uh, you know, tied, they're so predictable. And, and it's just, it's odd that it's that, it's that predictability that keeps him right in line with all of Palpatine's plans. And Ahsoka going outside of the, Jedi order is almost what ends up uh, messing those up to some degree. Right. He's still, I mean, Obi-Wan is still there uh, when they, when they take on Dooku and he's, he's still a part of the picture, but Palpatine is able to work through that and has a moment where, you know, he's, um, 
you know, he's, he's, he's one-on-one with Anakin and gets him to kill Dooku. So, so, so yeah, uh, I don't know. This episode was huge. It does a lot. It shows us really the timing. And I really do think we can't miss this whole idea that this is all orchestrated by Palpatine and he is working in some way, whether directly or indirectly with Maul to kind of, to kind of make these things, um, you know, to, to, to distract Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and others from keeping Anakin on the light side. Perhaps. I mean, he's pulling the strings on both sides, so he gets to see everything. He gets to hear everything. I mean, everybody reports back to him, both on the on, on the, the side of the clones, right, and on the Republic, from that army and from the droid army. I mean, he hears the whole thing. So he knows exactly, you know, oh, I can shift forces here. I can shift forces here. I can, you know, he knows the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a couple more interesting things, just some some uh, cool stuff here. This is all kind of coming down to you have on that bridge Obi Wan's forces, the the two hundred twelfth right attack battalion is there, and he's got Commander Cody with them. They've got kind of like yellow markings, right? And Anakin's, you know, five hundred first are are there with him underneath. So it's kind of cool. We've been watching those two groups for a long time. And to see each of their, you know, commanders, generals there with their groups have that good moment uh, was was neat. And then to see, you know, because um, it's just so it's just so crazy. It's so ironic that that later on it's the five hundred first to slaughter the Jedi. Commander Cody is the one who tries to kill Obi Wan on Utapah. Like it's just it's it's radical, man. That is just we're that close. We're that close. Yeah, we're just we're just days we're just uh, like a couple of days away. I mean, we're like less than a week away from Order sixty six. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely now we're we're seeing Order sixty six, and it has me thinking actually a lot about one. Um, it's it's I oh mean, and I'm kind of disappointed that the season wasn't isn't longer, um, just because I think you know. I think you really could have driven home like stuff like Anakin killing Admiral Trench as a little bit more of like turning to the dark side. Cause that's really probably the final dark side moment we see of Anakin in clone wars. Uh, I mean, thinking that he's just days away from being, becoming Darth Vader. Um, so, you know, that's, that's definitely, uh, you know, kind of interesting. So his fall to the dark side is just a lot faster, really, uh, than, you know, you, you'd, you'd kind of think. Um, and then, I'm starting to think, hear me out on this, that the Bad Batch and Echo are going to be, are going because, you know, Ahsoka seems like she's in trouble, right? And all, all of her clones are pretty much taken out. I'm thinking maybe the Bad Batch and, and, and Echo, you know, come in and save, save Rex one final time. That'd be a cool way to kind of end wow. the clones, the clones story. Wow. Yeah, that would be crazy. That I didn't. I had kind of completely written them out and not even thought about them anymore. But yeah, because I mean, it, it, it'll all come full circle. Yeah, that that would be that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah. So a, a couple more things here too that I think were were interesting. Did you hear the use of the word um, or the phrase or the name, the title? I guess Fulcrum. I've yes. talked about it a couple of times, but they used it in reference to Saul Guerrera, which I thought was pretty cool because originally they think they, they Anakin he thinks that call is coming from Saul. So it's neat to see that he wants to use that name, and then later on now Ahsoka will use it, and that name kind of keeps getting passed to different people. So when you look at who has held the title of Fulcrum, uh, that was just kind of a cool little little nugget uh, that I thought was that I thought was interesting. Now, one thing I did not know, and um, after doing some research, kind of looked this up. There's a Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comic book series, and a couple of the Mandalorians that are in this um, episode actually are in that comic book series that they sort of brought, you know, um, onto the screen. Which is which is pretty neat. Uh, Gar Saxon and Rook cast are there, and it's it's so they're kind of taking again that bridge from comic book. Uh, we're gonna hop that character then on up here to uh, the animated series. So I thought that was pretty neat. If you're interested in going and checking out Darth Maul, son of Dathomir, you get a little bit more of what was happening and who was close to him and why some of these Mandalorians are so invested in Darth Maul and wanting to make sure that he's okay and concerned about him and forwarding his agenda and his mission. Because he's he's building a crime syndicate for sure. I mean, Crimson Dawn is, you know, here we go. I mean, he's he's really making uh, headway. We saw that with, with the pikes and everything that was happening uh, on Obadiah. So that was, that was interesting to see his influence there. It's definitely grown and he's got a good grip on this underworld. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a comic series. I've seen, you know, we did a, in our trailer reaction, we had some people kind of mention us 
mention that to us say hey this is something you need to check out uh so you certainly get that and see a little bit more about what's going on with Darth Maul and you know just think about you know now I, I'm like god there's so many novels you could write about like this specific final little time period about like kind of what's going on you know with certain characters and, and stuff like that as everything's as everything's kind of unwinding right into mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith yeah yeah absolutely 100% 100% um couple cool things so I remember when I first was was watching this episode I um all the Mandalorians by the way we're we're kind of doing a broad take on this. Each of those Mandalorian characters that have been mentioned are extremely interesting. Why? Because season two of the Mandalorian. Okay, literally get ready for hyperspace hangout season two because we have some crazy ideas and some crazy speculation coming about all of this, and we're really just waiting for Clone Wars to wrap up here and see what all we get on on Mandalore. Because Ursa Wren is mentioned in this. So Ursa Wren is mentioned. She is uh, Sabine Wren's mother and is a pretty big deal, r- real close to Bo-Katan, right? She's, real, mm-hmm. uh, she's in the thick of this. So that was kind of cool to hear her mentioned by name and to see her fighting in this in this conflict did you did you did you see the nod kind of to sabine there was a um yes as the there was a mandalorian with with like purple hair who looked who looked like her and obviously it's not sabine because you know she's not even born yet but right, right. it was just i just i just kind of thought oh there's like a nod right it was a nod for sure because that character is actually that rook cast i believe it's it's cast um and and in the comic doesn't look like that so they definitely doctored that up a little bit to give her that blue green you know hair and make it seem sort of like, yeah, because at first I was like, whoa, wait a second, you know, like, right, yeah, I was like, like hold on a second, that? I was like, is, is this a bean? I was like, that can't be right. I was like, this is nowhere close to being there at the time. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. I think it was just a fun kind of nod. Yeah, yeah, that it's a style that some of them adopt or or use or whatever. Yeah, I I think so too. So, um, but anyways, I I guess I just I wanted to point out too that 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 all of this, these different factions of Mandalorian uh, of Mandalore are important. Those who supported Maul, those who um, believe in, yeah, gosh, when you get into these trial by combat situations, you know, like, does that mean, like, like, what does that mean? What, what are their ways? What are their, what are their ways? This is the way, right? Um, their belief system, that culture, how is that, how was that preserved or how was that changed because of this conflict here? And Ahsoka is super tied to this, extremely tied to the Mandalorians and, and, and what, what, what goes on there. So it's crazy. Cause then we have Sabine Wren and we, we learn about her, the dark saber, the whole thing, it's all connected. And this is something uh, we touch on it a little bit in my collaboration that's coming up later this week. So I don't want to go into too much detail. We'll listen to that. Uh, have a good time with our, our, our friends there. And then uh, Matt and I have tons more to discuss just on what we think are pretty significant connections and maybe predictions and theories as we go into season two of the Mandalorian. But uh, this episode was was next level. I couldn't believe it was 30 minutes. I couldn't believe how action packed it was and how much we got, how close we are to episode three. And episode two is just going to be, I, I I don't know. Should, should we even, I mean, like speculate a little bit? Well, I mean, you know, thoughts on, on what we think's coming? coming? Uh, wow. I mean, well, yeah, I don't I don't know how it's going to end. I mean, obviously, we know at some point Ahsoka and Maul fight. Maybe that's at the end of this next episode, because I do think she's going to capture Maul and then Maul's going to escape. I think that's and then he's going to give her some big realization. And then I think episode three is going to be order 66. And then episode four is like Rex and Ahsoka. Yeah. You know, thing. Hide, going and in, going into hiding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I kind of think, too, you know. Ahsoka knows more about maybe an attempted uh, turning of Anakin and maybe she doesn't know whether it was successful or not. And it's something that kind of haunts her or she thinks about it. And so later on when she comes across Darth Vader, like I think she's able to put the pieces together more because of the conversation she's going to have with Darth Maul and just in general, you know, here on Mandalore. So I, I, I think we're going to get a nugget to, to some degree as to what's going on uh, with all this, with these Sith plots. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we do have a uh, we have a transmission here uh, I want to get to. This is from uh, Andrew Wren. Right. Um, He says, 
Uh, hey guys, Andrew Wren back here in hyperspace. I was rewatching Rebels and Clone Wars with my two boys, one is four, one is six, and decided to Google Rex and Return of the Jedi to see what came up. I watched the video and sent a link in the email for you guys. I'm not sure if you have seen or aware of this info, but I think it's cool how everything comes together, even if it wasn't originally meant to be. I have been trying to get my wife uh, watching more as she is not a huge fan, but she watches for the boys and me. Her favorites are The Attack of Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And in recent uh, rewatch, she said, uh, you know, Mace Windu, he was a real blank, you know, uh, explicitive <laughs> towards Anakin. No wonder he was so angry with all of them. So I responded with what Matt says all the time. And it's all Yoda and the Jedi's fault that things turned out the way they did. If they just listened to Anakin, it would have been so different. Amen, mm-hmm. man. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Back to the story at hand about Rex. I knew his role was important being in Rebels as well as the Clone Wars, but it's really cool how it's all just linked together. I wanted to get your guys' opinion about Rex and if you've heard or seen info in this video. Moving on to another character, I believe that the way they have built Ahsoka's character, that she is the most important cog in the whole entire Star Wars saga, helping to build the Rebel Alliance and know, and who knows what else. I think it's awesome watching from the beginning of her character and seeing how she developed into one of the most important pieces in Star Wars history and showing uh, that a hero can come of anywhere no matter who or what they come from. I'm excited to see uh, any more new content about Ahsoka forthcoming and hopefully Disney will deliver. Uh, That's it it for now. My long origin story is on the way. Hear from you guys soon. Uh, Andrew Wren. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I like that, and I actually have seen that that video um, about uh, you know Rex and and him being in Return of the Jedi, uh, looking at one of those um, rebel uh, troopers who's sneaking through the forest moon of Endor. Pretty cool, big old you know bushy uh, white beard. Looks exactly like what they make uh, Rex out to be in, in in Rebels, which is which is pretty funny. So yeah, that's that's pretty neat to just to see how it's all connected and how it kind of continues. I I think it's huge, and I really believe too when George Lucas set out to kind of do all of this and and Dave Filoni and you look at the story, the creation of of Ahsoka it's a character that can a lot like Anakin you know I mean you look at the Skywalker saga starts episode one ends episode nine we're talking about Anakin and his influence whether it's through his grandchildren or uh, his son uh, or just he himself. You know, it's this big arc where he's he's connected. It's it's his influence and his impact on the galaxy. Ahsoka, that's what's happening here. We're seeing that in Clone Wars. We're seeing that uh, go into Rebels and then on into Mandalore and in, into the Mandalorian series. So it's huge, and, and there's a lot to be learned from Ahsoka. I think for for a younger audience, for for a for an older audience, in general, Ahsoka's character is huge. She makes the right decisions. She's good. Uh, we care about her. I don't know. She, she's awesome. And I'm, I'm very happy to sort of see them create more stuff with her and for us to learn more about the mysteries of the force and maybe what her role has been this, this whole time. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. She's, she's going to be a big deal going forward. I mean, if she's going to be a Mandalorian, I mean, that's, that's next, that's, that's next level. Now she's on screen. I mean, that's, be a big deal she's gonna be she's gonna be a big cog and i think she's a series favorite and so you know we'll see what happens i mean who knows if she does if they do maybe they're i mean it's possible we could have an ahsoka series right i mean well yeah i i I actually think rebels season five whatever they're going to call that if it's if it's season five or uh or if they're going to give it a different name i'm telling you right now that's going to be that that's just all about their journey to find ezra and i think it is the ahsoka arc and it is going to be her and, and, and Sabine Wren going on this epic quest. And we're going to learn a lot. And, I mean, never forget that Sabine held the Darksaber, trained with it with Kanan. Uh, uh, I mean, Ahsoka was, was super involved in Rebels with Kanan, with Ezra, with Sabine, and everyone. There's so much story to tell there. That's why I think her role will be minimal if, if she is in Mandalorian season two at all, I think she's the last episode and they hand baby Yoda off to her, but we know where she's going to go based upon an animated series that's coming right. out. Like we know, well, she's you know, headed, it, you know, and the other, th- the other, the other thing is um, it's going to be interesting. You know, if we do, do get that animated series, 
if it's going on at the same time as Mandalorian, because then that, oh, now you have all these ties together. I mean, you know, the characters we've got to think about in terms of even Mandalorian as well, looking at what we got in Rebels is, I mean, if Ezra Bridger comes back, you know, roughly after, like, let's say even if it takes them a year after the end of Rebels, then you're looking at Ezra Bridger being around, not just off in the unknown re- regions with Thrawn somewhere, uh, at the same time as Mandalorian going on. So then you got to think about, okay, well, what happens if Thrawn comes back? Like, you know, we could theoretically see Thrawn in Mandalorian, yep. which would be like insane. I mean, that'd be like, yeah, again, I, I, and, I mean, yeah. And what? he would be, he would be such a cool character to see, um, you know, like him coming back and seeing what's happened. Right. Like mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. does this, what does this look like? Um, and I, I, I almost think that's going to be the kind of the empire side of the Mandalorian as we continue is, you know, the, the, the idea of, of the first order, right? Like, you know, we won't, we won't see the first order, but it'll be the idea. And we'll see some of these people who may become players later into actually creating it. They're like, it's time to rebuild the empire, but you know, it just ends up becoming the first order. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Rise of Skywalker and General Pride. Uh, he had been, I mean, he had served Emperor Palpatine before, right? You know, he was right. a part of the Empire. And so he is there to serve him again, and more so than he's not worried about the Supreme Leader, Kylo Ren or Ben Solo. You know, so there are those people who maybe have been in contact, who were a part of the contingency plan, who are looking for ways to either resurrect Emperor Palpatine or to continue his legacy or or whatever. And those people may still be a part of the Imperial Remnant, uh, or maybe they were um, trying to get to the rendezvous point for the First Order and take off into the Unknown Region, but weren't able to. We're separated in some way. There's a lot of chaos that happens after uh, Return of the Jedi. And so, yeah, and if you're interested, for anyone who's listening and, and is interested in that, definitely go take a look at the Aftermath series, read some of that, and look at the... Um, new series that's out the alphabet squadron really good sequel to that's coming out here in a couple months i think or or soon so but yeah there, there's so much going on there it would be very cool to see thrawn step back on to the stage and and figure out what happens i mean you could have a short little arc with him again you could go back to um good golly i you got me thinking now i mean what if holy smokes what There's if, a YouTube video for us to to really to yeah. really dive into. Oh. Well, it you know, Thrawn's the, right, right. Is he coming back? I mean, it could could we see sort of a mirroring of like? There's some of this insta, but we don't really know exactly what conflicts took place with. I mean, we because of aftermath, we do understand to some degree where all of this ends. But is there a faction or a group that's out there that's that's holding on? Uh, we've got Gallius Rax, we've got Admiral Sloan, we know what's happening there. But once they leave and essentially the Empire is over, is there a faction that shows up? Uh, like, let's Thrawn come back and start something else? Is there well, like a I small mean, three-year I mean, I mean, war? Look, you know? Right, but I mean, but look at this now. I mean, you just look at Mandalorian and you look at um, Moff Gideon, right? I mean, clearly Moff Gideon's leading Imperial troops. You know, we're talking a little bit later. So, I mean, where does he come from, right? I mean... So here's a guy who's like, I'm continuing the empire. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so people who are still trying to forward the and I need to go look real quick just to see when the Battle of Jakku happened and when all of this because shortly after that a peace was signed and and compare it to Mandalorian. So maybe while I'm talking, you can kind of look that up because I think that's interesting to check. You know, like when is Mandalorian ha- ba- happening? Jakku happens, I think, five ABY. 5 ABY so after the the battle of Yavin yeah right after yeah after after battle of Yavin because i think i think that because the battle of endor is 4 4 ABY and uh, battle of Yavin is 5 ABY and then i think Mandalorian is 9 ABY okay so there you go that was my whole point is that so then you do have so, I mean, some we're only these... a couple years i mean right right you're right so um, yeah, because they I originally when uh, John Favreau did his his tweet or whatever or his Instagram post, he said it was five years after Return of the Jedi. So again, if that's four, yes, yeah, so that's nine years after the Battle of Yavin. So the Battle of Jakku has already taken place, 
and it's sort of the final large-scale military engagement in the Galactic Civil War, and that's pretty much um, like like the end of it. You've got the contingency plan going on, like I said, uh, Grand Admiral, Admiral Sloan and Gallius Rex, they've set up this uh, observatory, and there's multiple observatories, right, and they go off into the Unknown Region to start the First Order. That's the First Order uh, of the contingency plan. We then see the Final Order in the Rise of Skywalker is sort of the whole idea. Uh, but, yeah, so you do have these holdouts. You have factions of, of the Empire uh, supported by Moffs or, or whoever who are in Imperial territory who are holding on. So I guess what we haven't seen and, and what happened in, in Legends in the Thrawn novels and in, in Heir to the Empire was you had someone who came back and who could, and who could unite them. Okay? Someone who they could rally around who was a Grand Admiral. And the rumor, by the way, <laughs> the rumor that a Grand Admiral had survived even in the Aftermath series, is such a big deal. Is such a big deal because that's someone you could rally around. That, that, was, person who, that was a person who knew so much about uh, the, the, the operating, the, the higher levels of the Empire and was close to Palpatine and who got direct orders from him. So those were his Grand Admirals. Like if you had Thrawn come back and, and sort of rally some of these factions and, and, and get this Imperial Remnant uh, to, to work because the empire is over. I mean, after the battle of Jakku, the peace is signed on Coruscant and, and it is what it is, but clearly in the Mandalorian, there are still remnants of the empire. And I think you maybe could have Thrawn come back or someone step up and really start to kind of coalesce and, and, and unite around them. That's a story. There's the, there's that big window, that big gap. We have no idea. Bloodlines takes place seven years prior to, uh, the Force Awakens, right? I mean, so it's like, we yeah. Don't... I mean, it's a, it's, it's honestly the biggest gap uh, outside of you know everything before uh, Episode One, because now we've had we have so many stories in between three and four, but we really don't have a lot of stories in between six and seven. I mean, we do, but a lot of those happen so close to seven that it's like, what the heck happened? What the heck was really happening? after right after six i mean you know luke is off beginning his um you know luke's off beginning his his jedi academy right you know that that ben solo shows up to but again that's that doesn't happen for a while so what's luke doing right now is luke um you know in in battlefront we see him going and finding the compass right right and i think that's closer to the battle of jakku than it is then yeah. it is closer to him after after he started his temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so when exactly does the the Force Awakens? Uh, it's like twenty nine t- ABY. Is, is is that what it is? It's like twenty nine or thirty. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You think about that. So if we're looking at we're we're nine, if the Mandalorian is around this this time period where it's where it's nine. Um, you know, nine years after the Battle of Yavin, like that is that. Yeah, there's 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 just so much more to cover. There's just so much more that takes place. I mean, even within a year or two, you could have this reemergence of uh, you know, a pirate group or some some group that challenges the New Republic, and it could be something that's even pre- so. Sorry, the Force Awakens is thirty four ABY. Okay, so thirty four. So again, there's still like a 24 year gap or 23 year gap between the Mandalorian, right? Between right. the between the man. If, if if what you're saying is nine ABY is the Mandalorian, and then you're saying 30, 34 years was was uh, the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, then we're yeah, that's a right, lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of years. That's a whole time where Luke Skywalker is in in Leia and Han are doing all sorts of stuff. That's all. Yeah, yeah, huge... yeah. So yeah, so the, yeah, so the Mandalorian is nine ABY. So we're way ahead of you know we're way closer to Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's like man, you just think about like what's what's going on. I mean, I'm, let me let me see what else, if there's anything else. Um, like like confirmed had... in between there. I mean, the only thing they have happening on the Star Wars timeline is the episodes of Mandalorian. That's it. That's the only things we know that happen 
Right, because I remember we were talking um, just the other day about Resistance and it being super close to The Force Awakens, and we're trying to look at you know comic book series or things that maybe indicated uh, what was going on, you know, prior to The Force Awakens. Even in the Kylo Ren comic, you've only got a few mentions there as as Ben is much older, you know, uh, and his his being converted to to uh, Snoke's apprentice. But that's still, I mean, Luke's an old man at that point in time. He's already started the Academy. Like, so much has happened. And I guess when you look back at Legends, they told stories inside of stories. You know, there, there could be a 10-year war. There, there, there could be a, you know, a five-year war take place and, and, and stuff. So I just think there's a lot still that we could, that we could do there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if, they, if they go for it with, with the Mandalorian. Could have a whole Mandalorian war. You know, you know, this resurgence of, of Mandalore. I mean, we were talking the other day, the idea that you would get the Darksaber back, like, whatever Mandalorian gets that saber, by the way, instantly, that instantly elevates them to this spot of leadership. I mean, there's someone who then, like, the other Mandalorians are going to look to and say, yeah, okay, you've got the Darksaber. We're going to unite behind you, and we're going to follow you. Like, if, if, if Din Djarin gets that, you know, or or... I mean, somehow they have to get that back from Moff Gideon. I think that's that's a place where you could see Mandalore restored, you know? Right. And Yeah. Um, so let me see here what all else is going on. So, I mean, this is just how far removed just the Mandalorian's timeline is. So there's, like, nothing that happens around that. I'm, I'm going through the years. So, like, mm-hmm. 6 ABY, right? So 5 ABY is the battle of you know five ABY is Battle of Jakku like a bunch of stuff happens in that yes. in that year right uh, Leia Organa is that's when she stops training with Luke yes right so we yep. saw that in Rise of Skywalker so the Galactic Civil War comes to an end I mean everything that's when everything kind of uh, stops so you go to like six ABY and it's like birth Paige Tico Rose's sister right mm-hmm. like that's it. That's it. You know, you know what I mean? Like nothing else is going on. Seven A B Y. Okay, you know, this is, there's some people there's some stuff that happens in seven A B Y, and this all ties into like some Poe Dameron comics. Okay. Um so cool. like there's a uh, and then it's like some stuff from last shot, right? Yes. Um with Lando so, 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 and, yeah. So some of that stuff is happening on on seven A B Y. Uh, so I guess really that'd be kind of the last shot would be kind of the book we should we should check out to kind of see the state of the galaxy around the time of 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 Mandalorian. Ep, uh, eight ABY is Poe Dameron begins to learn how to fly shar- starships. Okay, you know what I mean? Like well, okay, so that's it. Like that's it. That's all we know. Yeah, and that's it. What what's after that? What's what's in nine? What's in nine ABY is is Mandalorian. That's what it's, right. That's but what besides it besides Mandalorian, is there anything else other that's comics it. or? Nope. There's nothing. That's it. There's nothing. Every I mean, everything, everything, everything in nine ABY is is made. What about ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen? Uh, okay, 14. well hold on. Let me let me go here. Ten ABY. So this would be like the next season of Mandalorian. You'd probably assume uh, some births. A death is Shara Bay, who teaches Poe Dameron how to fly. Right. So mm-hmm. that's it. Um, then you have to go to the star, the Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker, the Visual Dictionary. Uh, is some is some books there. Um, births uh god looks like some yeah some let me see here here's cs9147 right who's like a jet trooper who appears uh in pasana right mm-hmm. on planet on planet pasana right so <laughs> it's like yeah, that ties into the i mean so there's just like there's like nothing i mean there's like nothing really going on here 11 aby okay so 11 aby so just two years later you have the births of finn the birth of rose uh, so I mean, so that's okay. So that's kind of some big, but again, no real big events, just kind of births of characters. Wow, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm seeing. Yeah, this is. Uh... There's like, there's not, there's no, there's no kind of news. So that means these guys have like complete freedom to write whatever they want because there's no other big events going on. I mean, right. You even go you even go up to like fourteen. It's like, you know, nothing. Well, I mean, okay, so here's an example. So between nine okay, A B so f- A B Y, yeah. so nine and yeah. and fifteen A B Y, 
That's when what, it's, Ray is born in 15 ABY. Luke restores the Jedi Order. Ben Solo exactly. begins training with him. So that's six years where, and again, when Ben starts training, he's super young. Ray is just born. Ray is not even, you know, as old as we see her in The Force Awakens. So, uh, you know, as as a, as a small child, like she's eight or nine when she sees her parents, you know, fly off. But um, so yeah, that's like six years where Luke was out just doing his thing. And and there's nothing. There's nothing there. So they have so much room to play with, and they can tell so much story there through the Mandalorian that that's it, man. I would pour everything into the Mandalorian and have him all over that galaxy just interacting with different groups, different factions. Maybe he comes across the Acolytes. Maybe he comes across, like, right. the... Uh, so, yeah, so when... And Luke finds that compass in 4ABY. So that's, like, right after episode 6. Yeah, and and so and so Luke is tied up, you know, trying to find Exegol and all these ancient Jedi and Sith artifacts. Right. I mean, he's gone; he's on his own journey, uh, kind of while the New Republic is forming and everything. So it's just it's just that there's so much. I, I guess I wanted to really think about that for myself and then point that out that there's there's so much going on here, and there's not been a lot of story told about about any of this. Yeah, exactly. So. And so you think about just all the stuff we're going to see in Mandalorian. And all, man, and then if we do get a Rebels follow-up series, I mean, this is when it'd be, you know, because you have to think, you know, Rebels ends, right? The epilogue ends, like, right after, like, pretty much four ABY, right? I mean, like, you know, hey, the yeah, battle, battle's over, or maybe or maybe five, right? It ends at, like, five ABY or something. Right, you right. I mean? like, Ahsoka right. goes back to, to uh, Sabine, and we need to go find Ezra. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, that's- so it's totally... Po- so, you know, that should actually tell me yeah. that... You know, Thrawn is not coming back with some big group of, you know, or we'd know about it. Because no, I, mean, I think it'd just be talk. I mean, you know, the, it seems like the Empire is in the Mandalorian is like they're, you know, these are just tiny little remnants. Again, that's my whole point is that so if you look at it, so four or five ABY, when they go, when Ahsoka goes to get Sabine and they then go to the unknown region, which is where they are headed somewhere. Um, I'm guessing it's the unknown region. Who knows? Maybe it's not, but they're going after Thrawn and Ezra. How long does that journey take them? So do the math with me here. Well, let's say we're at five ABY and you want to do four more seasons of, of that Ahsoka journey where she's tracking down Ezra and Thrawn or whatever. Um, that could be it. Maybe we go to that region. It's an animated series. And at the end of that, we know Ahsoka is still alive because then Ahsoka rolls into season two of the Mandalorian, which is 10 ABY, right? Oh, I get what you're saying. So you're saying it's going to take place where we're going to see five to it's going to be five to five to nine or 10. Yeah. So, so the Mandalorian is, is nine ABY. What happened between nine ABY and, and five ABY with Ahsoka and Sabine? That's the whole Ezra Thrawn arc. We're going to see that take place now what i'm saying is at the end of that whether it's season five of rebels maybe they only do one season who knows but let's say you go and and we see their mission they they either are able to bring ezra back or they're not or whatever um by going there does that then give thrawn a way to get out like did ezra take him to a trap or a place in which he can't get out and inadvertently ahsoka and sabine you know, free Ezra, but in doing so, they they free Thrawn. So, at the end of season two of Mandalorian, or even season three, wherever Baby Yoda ends up, I kind of think Baby Yoda is going to end up with a Force sensitive, um, or his own species, Yoda's homeworld, perhaps. But if it is with Force sensitive individuals, I don't think they're showing us Luke Skywalker. I don't think they're handing Baby Yoda no. to Luke Skywalker. So, if Ahsoka is not a is is not a a Jedi and she's just a Force sensitive. And she's again uh, connected to this whole balance of the force and and uh, the world between worlds. I think you give Baby Yoda to Ahsoka. Now, what I'm saying is, the fact that there is still an Imperial remnant going on during this time, where Moff Gideon, by the way, is armored up like a crazy man, okay, and he's got tons of guys with real good looking armor. They show right, up. He he's has, got the he dark saber. He's got a tie fighter. Yeah. Matt, hold on a second. He's got the dark <laughs> saber. Okay, right. Like. So he has this this saber. Sabine, so Sabine and Ahsoka have already either rescued Ezra or they haven't. And they're on their way back. And this whole Mandalorian stuff is going down. So Sabine is going to be involved. Ahsoka is going to be involved. 
and, and that's super cool. Now, my question is, Ezra and Thrawn, I have no idea what happens with them, but I, I do see a way in which you could bring Thrawn back, and he tries to rally the Imperial Remnant, people like Moff Gideon and others who are still around. And maybe, perhaps Luke is occupied in his journey with the compass and trying to find these these relics or what have you, and he's not able to fight this fight, and it's more the New Republic versus Thrawn. So you don't have any Force-sensitive individuals. Right. I'm not saying we're going to see that in Mandalorian. I'm just saying that's books they could write. That's stuff that they could right. do. Thrawn could still be a part of this whole thing. Right. So, now I'm just looking at... Now I just wanted to see. So uh, just real quick on the Darksaber, one BBY was when the episode takes place, right, of of the Darksaber. So that's what, when, you know, when, when Bo-Katan has it, yeah. right, that's how it... So that's one BBY. So again, so then somewhere between one BBY and uh-huh. nine BBY, you see her lose it, right? Yes. Yes. And so I'm I'm actually thinking that it's after, I think it's after the the Battle of Endor. Yes. Because I think I think what we may start to see is, and I think this is one of the things with Baby Yoda is that remnants of the empire are now trying to rebuild and restock and they're saying well we need powerful weapons we need powerful artifacts and so that's why they say we need to go find this dark saber right right maybe that's how moff gideon gets it right mm-hmm. so yeah. you you could see that that's why they're after baby yoda because baby yoda i don't think is a clone anymore i think they're trying to clone baby yoda or or, yeah. or or something because uh I re I just rewatched it the other day and I kind of forgot that Quill says I don't think it's a cl- a clone because I used mm-hmm. to work with them so I, I don't I think it's organic yeah um but I guess kind of my thought was is that if it's Thrawn that comes back into the fold and as you said might be that guy who unites him mm-hmm. then maybe you know Thrawn would be smart enough I actually just started looking at the Thrawn comic yesterday which by yeah. the way is sick and I guess I kind of forgot that, that Anakin at one point had saved Thrawn yeah right like when he was younger and yes. so he would he would know the power of the Jedi and know the oh, power yeah. of these of these artifacts and these weapons and so he would be like you know this is why we need baby Yoda because <laughs> we're going to need these type of people in order to retake the galaxy oh, we're starting from nothing my <laughs> I mean Palpatine was able to orchestrate this all, everything by himself essentially yes I mean yes, yes he did he did have political power backing him but really he was just one guy as a yeah. as a Sith and is like I'm gonna become the most powerful thing ever I mean I don't know that there's yeah. ever been anybody uh as powerful as Palpatine I mean, you look you go back and look at the old Sith Empire during the old Republic there was a Sith Empire but there was also a Republic and it was just a civil war and then you look now. I mean, Palpatine controlled both sides. Yes, he did. Of a of a galactic civil yes, he did. war. Yeah, and and was pulling the strings. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, hear me out, because you just you know again, um, you got me thinking right. about this this whole thing. If Thrawn, you know, let's say the Mandalorian uh, is going to be five six seasons, something just epic. They're just pouring everything into this, right? right? And we're wondering who. So we have a client who's seeking, uh, you know, a child. We have Gideon with a Darksaber. And as you say, Thrawn does in the Thrawn trilogy, and or I'm sorry, yeah, in, in his then the new canon novels, um, and even just in Rebels, he knows about artifacts. He understands culture and the significance of them. He he gets that through artwork. He did know he was he was he, uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker, and he does suspect that Lord Vader is Anakin Skywalker. There's even talk um, he sends one of his uh, starts off as a, as a cadet Eli Vanto in the books as actually he sends almost like someone back to report to the Chiss ascendancy by the way which is this whole thing in and of itself yeah we got to talk a, about it yeah a, a whole huge. a whole group right so what's going on there like could he bring the Chiss ascendancy in could there be a war with the Chiss the Chiss war i mean could that happen for 2 to 3 seasons after the Mandalorian's over yes it could it totally could um but like maybe he's someone who He's behind the client. Maybe he backs the client to, to seek out these different things. Maybe he backed Moff Gideon to get the Darksaber. Maybe he's the guy who's trying to fill Palpatine's role and is orchestrating all of this, perhaps. I'm just saying. A yeah, big you perhaps, know, and I and, and I think I there's some it. you know, I was thinking about that as I rewatched Mandalorian the other day. I don't think that you know, you think about the client and all of this stuff. I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say. Did Moff did 
I don't think that Moff Gideon would send bounty hunters in to go get the baby if he's that important. I think Moff Gideon found out about this. Me too. Afterwards. Me too. Because because you, uh, if you listen to what Grief Karga is saying and stuff like that, like, and then people start talking about it and they heard, oh, I heard some Mandalorian shot up the whole thing, right? And then he has this child with him. So, you know, I think maybe the client, you know, you have Dr. Pershing or whatever trying to protect it or whatever, um, and he may actually be a good guy. Right. Like he is actually trying to protect. Yeah. Yeah. To protect it. Right. Uh, Especially if he worked with the clones, he might be on the side of, you know, and just saw what the Empire became and not want that. So that's something interesting to talk about. But Moff Gideon just does not seem like the kind of guy. I mean, he's shooting his own mem. He he just he is totally not the kind of guy to just be like, oh, I'm going to hire a bounty hunter. He's just going to go in guns blazing and destroy everything. Yeah. And that's where I think right now, as we see the Mandalorian season one and we see the Imperial Remnant there it's the same thing that's going on in alphabet squadron which if anyone hasn't read that book it's it's i'll just give you a quick idea of what's happening in that basically different uh factions or or parts of the fleet like whether you've got like a couple star destroyers let's say you got five star destroyers and and the leader of that group right is in this sector of the galaxy and they come across other um they come across another commander or admiral like if you have two admirals there, right, and they both have a batch of ships, but this admiral has 10 and I've got five, well, who has the command? You know, I mean, who's going, are my five ships going to yours? Are you my superior officer? All of those questions are being asked, and, and there is no leader to the Imperial Remnant. There, There's nothing, that they haven't really uh, coalesced behind someone. So I think that's still happening in the Mandalorian. I don't think there's that cohesion there's that that's not happened yet so that's why moff gideon's troopers look very different from this uh you know group with the client who seems much smaller and less uh well right. garrisoned you know so yeah so, so yeah, yeah there's something yeah there. I, yep i totally i'm with you 100 percent. i totally think there's something there i totally i totally think because you're right i didn't i didn't even actually really think about it yeah they how they show up and, you know, you look at the the one with a client and the, their armor is kind of, you know, beat up and old. And then you look at and then you, you know, you look at Moff Gideon's men and his men look like full on stormtroopers. Yes, I know. Yeah. So it's it's uh, <laughs> it's wild. I don't know. I, I would love to get people's thoughts on this. You know, send us a transmission about what do you think about Thrawn coming back into the Mandalorian being behind the Imperial Remnant? What do you think is going on in this, you know, um who are these individuals? I mean, again, I think a lot of people are, are thinking this is first, I mean, that the Imperial Remnant maybe is still trying to help out the First Order. But if you go back and look at the Aftermath series, they were the left behind. Only the elite and this, this the, basically the Empire was not good enough. If it couldn't protect Palpatine and it couldn't win a war, then it needed to be burned to the ground. So Operation Cinder was that. You know, in the game Battlefront, Battlefront uh, 2. Right, yeah. Operation Cinder was the... the we're going to burn it down. Yeah. Burn it down. And you've got the Sentinels there, the whole thing. So now, like, what is going to rise from the ashes of that is the First Order. Not this leftover Imperial Remnant that didn't get entirely burnt out. And I think they're going to come together and, and something's going to happen. So I want to hear people's thoughts on that and, and see what you guys think. Because we are really geared up to, to think about Season 2 Mandalorian. I think it's going to be bigger... Uh, and, and better than, than anything we've ever seen. I, I really think they're putting everything into this and they've got such a time gap and they're having these same conversations there and they know what they can... Well, shoot, they're telling the story. I mean, they know exactly what they're doing and uh, I'm excited to see how it's all interconnected and, and, and woven together. So, Yeah, I'm just taking one last look at the timeline here, man. There is just nothing. Nothing. There's nothing surrounding it and it's so close to... Return to the Jedi that you have to start thinking, wow, what's going on, right? I mean, and 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 uh, it's just so so great, right? To to, to look at mm-hmm. all of this, yeah, yeah, it is. So we're gonna be diving into that more. Uh, again, we do a lot of standalone theory stuff on YouTube, so make sure you guys have have def- have checked that out um, because we got some we got some cool stuff going on there. But but yeah, man, I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I am I am ready to go with 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 all of this. I I I want Ezra Bridger back. I want Thrawn back, and 
I want Ahsoka and Sabine to go rescue them, and I want it to all be connected to Mandalorian, whether it's season two, three, four, or five. I don't care. I want it connected. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, be sure to check out some more of our uh, content that we are just hammering out over on uh, YouTube. But as always, we want to thank you for hanging out in hyperspace our next episode will continue to discuss your transmissions which we have uh definitely a few more uh so be sure to send us your thoughts origin story or some of your favorite memories from a galaxy far far away if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com we will see you next time and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.